Hello, this is Ordinary Artists, and I'm your host, Mumba Dodwell. This podcast is a platform where I interview artists who work in theatre and happen to be of colour. They give you advice and insight on how they got into their industry. Hello, in this podcast, I'm talking to Titi Lola, otherwise known as Titi. She is a writer, director, the learning and participation manager at Overhouse Theatre in South London, and many other things, as she states in this podcast. We mainly met up to talk about her newest book called Hear Me Now, Audition Monologues for Actors of Colour. And I'm so excited to share this with you because I don't think any monologue book has been done this way. Um... Titi said it came out of wanting to make actors feel empowered in the room and also years of hearing her friends struggling to find monologues and she would write them for them. So she thought, why not make this monologue book? Um, She partnered up with Tamasha Theatre Company and what they did is they got actors and writers of colour in the room and they asked the actors, what would you like to speak about? What would you like to see and hear to feel empowered in the room with your monologues? I think that's amazing to know that they're written for us and about us and there's such a wide variety and there's a lot of them. There's like 89 of them. As someone who's struggled to find monologues that are empowering and I feel confident in my own skin in, I think this is amazing because I always felt like I was stepping into someone else's skin when I got monologues because I wanted to go against the grain. I didn't want to do the monologues which were stereotypical. I wanted to do the ones that connected to me and sometimes those monologues were not written for me and that's like hella stressful to go into for an audition. So yeah, so I think that TT like what she's done is fantastic and it's just it's a, such a step forward in the industry we also talked about uh oval house theater where she works um which is such a lovely theater and it's personally one of my favorite theaters i will always go there the food is banging there all the time and yeah it's such a community feel and also what i love about that building is that you can actually see artists develop and grow people i've seen who have been upstairs in the first bites um program which is a program where um projects and plays are sort of previewed and launched um tickets are five pounds usually for that space and so I've seen shows in there and then I've seen shows then move into the main house. Also people like Ambreen Razia I've seen there, I've seen her shows there who's been on the podcast, Yolanda Mercy who's been on the podcast. Um, Also I saw, uh, not I've seen, but Roy who's worked there since he was really young and has been in that building forever um, is a really big fan of Overhouse and he actually has a show coming there later in the year. I say later in the year, it's end of the year, coming up really soon called The Dark. Um, and that looks really interesting. And so, yeah, it's a really great theatre, and especially for diverse stories. I saw Burgers by Travis Alabanza, which is a phenomenal show. I was so moved. So I am just, yeah, a huge fan of Evil House, and I always go there and see what's going on. And I'm so excited for them to move to Brixton. You guys don't know this, but I live in Brixton. So, yeah, I'm so excited for it to be down the road. Um, Yeah, and also, just before we get into the podcast, Hear Me Now is available on Oberon Books right now. So please, guys, go get it, buy it, share it. Um, I think it's a really important book. Buy it for your friends, pass it on. I think that's a really good thing to do. Um, So, yeah, even, like, if you know anyone, Titi says it's the monologue, if you know anyone who wants it, just give her a message because she's got some that she can give away. Or if you want to give it to your college or your school where you think that they 
they need diverse books here even and especially places outside of london just yeah just let me know or let tt know and we can just um share hear me now because i think it's so important anyway um here we go I'm sitting here at Oval House with Titi, who is the Learning and Participation Manager. Um, yes. And we're here to talk about your book, Hear Me Now, which is an audition book for actors of colour. Yes. It's a monologue book. And I have seen that you've gone to RADA to launch it, and then you were at Monobox, which my friend went to. Oh. She was like, remember, come along, come to this. And I was like, I can't, I'm seeing a show, but I think you will love it. Oh, because like, I think for us, we both went to university in Bournemouth and did a BA in acting there. Mm-hmm. But when it came to auditions for that third year, oh my God, we were like scouring the bookshop and that, the, 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 the library. And there was only one monologue, I think there's only one or two monologue books for people of colour. Oh, really? Yeah, at the time. I think there's one, but I actually didn't know it was there until my third year. Wow. See, for me, I'm not, so I'm not an actor. Yeah. I'm a writer, amongst other things. And I used to always write audition monologues for my black actor friends or the black young people I was working with. And um, I, I live near the Brit School, so yeah. the Brit School was the Holy Grail. That's where everybody wanted oh, to go to. Wanted, especially if you're in the south of, of England and South London. Exactly. I exactly. remember going, Mum, can I go there? <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it didn't, you know, it, because there's people like Ola Ince that have come from there. Um, Amy Winehouse, obviously mm. a bit more famous in that sense, and um, Adele. So people wanted to go mm. there. So I used to always write their monologues for them because they, one, they weren't writers and they, and they kind of like didn't know, being young, they didn't know how to navigate that. But also they just couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything was for them. I mean, there's so many monologues out there, but they'd read one and be like, mm, no, that's not for me. I don't yeah. quite get that. So fast forward to 2014, I was doing a master's in dramatic writing at Central St. Martins. And there's drama centre there. And I was speaking to the very, very few black actors. Mm. And what our conversations were around, actually, was actually how they felt being a black um, actor at drama school, a drama centre, and um, how they kind of, like, sometimes felt sometimes or they felt invisible. Yeah. And, of course, the, bigger, the biggest problem is the parts that especially early career actors are going up for. And that's something, as a writer, of course... I want you know I'm tackling I'm trying to tackle and I know so many black and um, Asian or um, people actors um, sorry I know so many writers of colour are tackling but for now I thought well what I could possibly help with is the actual audition room mm. and where so many actors of colour are stepping into an audition room and there's white casting director a white director a white producer whatever yeah. how do how do we feel how do how does an actor of colour feel when they step into that room yeah. because not only are you mentally preparing for the part but then there's all these other things that as people of colour we carry yeah am I how do I how am I perceived how do I come across you know and that's so much added kind of pressure added thought process you know so for me it was like if if they got a piece of text that made them feel empowered that was for them written for them would that make a difference and that's what we explored with the journey with hear me now as well that's so, I think that's so lovely to hear because as you said, like written for them, I think something that I struggled with was looking at monologues and being like, this is written for a white female actress. And I'm like, I don't fit that. Will people believe I, yeah. I will be that? And so seeing what you did and um, like, it's like, oh, that is for me. And seeing that like their stories about like cross-dressing, being an astronaut and yeah. all, just, all the variety. And I, I saw that there's over 80 original monologues. 87, yeah. 87, 87 yeah. So what amazing. I did, so yeah. um, I was working with Tamasha at the time anyway. Yeah. So I spoke to Finn 
and Debo, who had the same um, kind of ideas anyway with their um, Tamasha playwrights. And we piloted with the National Youth Theatre. So what we got, what was the most important thing with this is actually hearing from the actors. And as a part of the workshop that we did, we said to them, simple question, if you could act any part, if you were given any part, what would that part be? And, And when we kind of had discussions about that, that actually turned into the monologues. So the actors kind of spoke to the um, writers about like um, the character they'd like to play, the story you know they'd like to be a part of, and then the writers went away and wrote it. So we're really hearing. So these eighty-seven yeah. monologues are really the actors, what the actors want to play wow. within this process. And um, and I feel like there's because not all of them are culturally specific, but I feel yeah. like there's something in there for actors of color that they can really kind of find a connection with yeah. a lot more. And this ranges from the school acting age right up until people in their forties. That's wow. That's yeah. that's great. So yeah. it's a whole. That's the thing as well. It's like there wasn't a variety. There's not a variety of um, of ages and spans yeah. and different um, settings. Um, what which writers did you get? Because I didn't. I couldn't see from the. Thing. Yeah, I mean, so out of the um, thirty-four writers, so I've, I'm featured there. Of yeah. course, it was. I saw you were writing. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Well, you know, I have yeah. to come put myself in there. Um, we've got people like we've got Rabia Hussein who wrote Spun at the Arcola recently. Oh, wow. We've helped her. We have Ed Said. We have a friend of mine, Mr. Echo, who's actually a spoken word um, rapper. Mm. He's brilliant. We've got um, Abraham Adeyemi. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Mina Barber. Iman Qureshi, who is the Papa Tango Award winner recently. Wow. And her play, um, Funeral Director, is on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah at the yeah. Southern. I think it's Southern Playhouse. Playhouse yeah. So we have such an amazing wide range of. of um, of writers and also because I we got a funding bid for to to fund this project I purposely wanted more women okay. of color because Which I feel good, like yeah. our voices are even more underrepresented mm. so that was a big deal for me um, and above all everything else has been a labor of love yeah from Tamasha to Oberon and everything in between it's been yeah. really supportive and Rada were incredibly supportive um, in terms of the launch and everything mm. like that and, and the relationships that we've built like with AXA who works there and beyond oh, so yeah. it's brilliant AXA is amazing I have to shout out AXA because she she's fantastic everywhere I get like she's moved <laughs> when she moved to Rada she's just been on it and exactly. it's just I think that they need that they need definitely like that. I think she's she's just a fresh breath it's just yeah. a breath of fresh air. I really do believe that. And um, how was it doing the bid? Because you said that you just had given birth to your yeah, son. Yeah, so this, this is the first Arts Council funding bid I ever did. And we put that in the in the December, I think, of 2016. And we yeah. found out, yeah, literally, um, I was three weeks out of hospital having my son. Mm. And I was breastfeeding. So some <laughs> of the early meetings, he had to yeah. come along with me. Um, but... That's why it's a labour of love as well, because yeah. it actually involved my family. Like, my mum had to come a couple of times, you know. So, But for me, also, as a person of colour, mm. as a writer, all of these things, and as a mother, it's really important that that, that I'm hopefully... I'm representative as yeah. well. I'm representing, like, mothers. I'm representing women of colour, mm. women, you know. All of these things that make a difference, I feel like, to yeah. people out there who pick up the book when they know the story about this book, mm. like the love and care and attention that went into this book, I feel like even more so it should resonate with people. Yeah, um, that's yeah, I think so. And mm. as you said, you're working and you're doing it. Um, how was it doing an arts council bid? Because I feel like that is an area in which people of colour and diverse people in theatre don't mm. always go into. And I, having done that myself, mm. now done an arts council bid, I'm like, more people of diverse background need to be applying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a beast. It's yeah. a beast of an application. It's so hard. But 100%. Yeah. 
And that's why I feel like um, you definitely need support, whether yeah. it's your first one or your 50th one. I yeah. feel like um, because it's so hard, especially if you're London-based, it's, yeah. it's a lot more yeah, hard now to... Yeah. You know, London is so um, oversaturated mm. and overpopulated with people, you know, trying to get these council, yeah. arts council. But I still feel, go go, go to it, though. Go for yeah. it. Because, um, especially because you can apply all year round, you know, there's not kind of yeah, any cut-off point. And there's, like, multiple, like, with bid we did, if we didn't make it the first time, we could apply again. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. the thing is, yeah, it's a, it's a great source, even though it, you know, it's yeah. getting harder and harder to... But it, but I had support, so Tamasha supported yeah. me as well. And I feel like if you have that support, go for it. But so the first one is always the scariest because yeah. you don't, it's unexpected. You don't know what you're expecting, but, but go for it. Definitely go for it. The one when we applied, I think I lost a week in the house of like cleaning. Like yeah. I just looked around and I was like, the house is a mess. I no, just definitely. get up and that's all I do. It's an intense like, experience. Yeah. Like <laughs> until one o'clock, it's like doing the application. But it made me realise that if we want to change the scope of theatre... I think that people of colour need to be start need to be writing the bids and doing it so they get I the money so. and so it makes sure that our voices are done in the right way because Definitely. I feel like that's where that is something that we need to tap into now. Yeah. It's no longer about like just And take, I think yeah. it's just conversations around because there there has been so many barriers yeah. for people of colour in the arts industry, but a funding bid to access money that mm. should be for everybody shouldn't be a barrier. No, that's you yeah, know, it should, definitely yeah. not because it's it can be our money too. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's not just yeah. for a certain group of people yeah. or type of people. It's for everybody, and I really do do believe that the arts council are trying to put and trying to change things and put different things out there. Yeah, but as I said, I feel like sometimes we may need extra support because mm. just of some of the obstacles that we may feel that that yeah. are there, but yeah. sometimes they're not, and it's just us understanding how to navigate sometimes those areas, yeah. but it's for us. It's no, for us. Yeah, and I think that's something I learned with getting support. Like, I 100% had... We had support in our show when we had wrote an ads cancel mm. bid. I literally called people I knew and just, like, had a conversation with them yeah. for, like, 40 minutes going through it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that without that, that would have been, like... No, it would have felt like a huge knock if we had applied without the help and yeah. not knowing our value and I were. The only problem I have, though, is yeah. that sometimes I don't want the Arts Council funding bids or even other funding bids yeah. or trusts or whatever to be a name-dropping exercise. Yeah. Like, to so to make your bid stronger. Uh, who yeah. do you know? Who Who's helped yeah. you? Who support you, you know? What NPO is supporting you or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And and if, you, if you're, say, like, completely early career, yeah. you don't have those type of networks, then that feels like a barrier. It's yeah. like, well, I don't know so-and-so, the yeah. artist director of so-and-so. I don't know this person, you know, and I feel like that's that can yeah. be quite hard. and I hard. think that's probably... It's also a cultural problem, I think, yeah. in theatre, mm. like, like name-dropping and connections. Um, what I want to ask you is also about the the cover of the book. Who illustrated it? Because it's so lovely. Yeah, so um, I can't remember off head. It's actually yeah. in, in the book. But yeah. it was, what was interesting, so um, Konstantinos at Oberon is amazing because, bless him, I was like so many times, yeah. oh, not quite right, mm, yeah. not quite right. And I and what was hard is I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, I didn't want faces, actually, because oh, really? I just thought... Is that the problem where we're trying to tell you, or this book cover is trying to tell you this who is, this book is <laughs> yeah. for? So I think we started off with maybe four or five or six, but then I, but then you know, um, Finn and mm. kind of like Constantinos and Debo and Tamasha, they were like, actually, if we had more, so I thought, yeah, let's cover yeah. the whole book with faces, and then you can try and find your face there, and if it's not exactly yeah. there, part of you will be there, like that yeah. hairstyle on one picture, yeah. though, you know. So, um, so I was really happy with the, with the outcome because I was a bit nervous about yeah, that. I must I, admit, I really like it because I think that monologue books tend to be a bit abstract. Yeah, and I think I went there. I went yeah. there. I went yeah. a bit like, oh, should we have a <laughs> Yeah. funky pattern which yeah. doesn't mean anything you know yeah. so it's like nope these are faces all different types yeah, of faces and they are and I feel like with the 
good to match a thumbprint. It feels like every face is a thumbprint as well. I like that, yeah. Like, then just, it's like your print, it's yeah. you, and no, you're a part of your DNA, and that's unique. Like, yeah. a thumbprint is very unique to yeah. you. I like that. I like yeah. that way of seeing it, yeah. Yeah, and that's really cool. Um, I must say, how is it like also being a learning participation manager here mm. and having the young people in the cohort and then like having this book for them because I've, I've spoken to them and they're just such a lovely um, yeah. bunch who are very it diverse. Is, it is for them. It is for... So what was great, a part of the Arts Council funding bid as well is that I was able to buy 200 books yeah. that are to give out to, to groups of people or, oh. or organisations that may not be able to afford actually to buy or to stop mm. them. Um, I can't lie, you know, I want, you know, I'm glad that the Radas of the world yeah. and Arts Ed are, are buying the books, yeah. um, definitely. But I think it's for also for, yeah, for that person who, mm. that girl who's in her room, who wants to be an actor but can't yeah. access certain things, please get in touch, this book is for you. You yeah. know, it's that type of thing. So um, I've been speaking to Diversity School Initiative, yeah. um, David Mumeni from Open Door, as well as um, other people that know of either mm. individuals or organisations that will need the book, yeah. I will happily donate. I'm donating books to Monobox as well. Oh, great, yeah, which Monobox, is good. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, and there's an amazing sixth form yeah. called Latent Sixth Form. Yeah. I'm donating some to them as well. Oh, so wow. for me, I just want it to go far and wide and yeah. definitely outside of London. This is not just about London. Yeah, no, it needs to go out. It needs oh, to go goodness. out. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So that will be next year, yeah. like kind of like doing a mini tour. Yeah. Like, I want to go to Plymouth. I want to go to like other... Um, oh towns yeah. and um, yeah. cities outside of London because I yeah. really don't want this to be about London. Yeah. If you literally came mm. where I was, like I've been getting so emotional recently, mm. just about the scope of which like diverse people are trying to like push things out. Yeah. If you came into like the schools I went to, I think I would probably cry. I'd yeah. just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like beyond myself. I grew up in an all-white village called St Neas, which is not too far from Cambridge, yeah. and myself and my sisters were the only black, brown, wow. whatever yeah. faces. And we didn't have anything like this. This didn't even exist. I mean, the yeah. first time I went to the theatre was I was 15 years old. Yeah. I was living in um, in Streatham then. But um, and my mentor at the time, Lucy Neal, who I've written about actually in The Guardian and, mm-hmm. and on the Oberon Books um, blog, she took me to see a fellow, which was my first play. Yeah. And that is the reason why I'm even sitting here talking really? to you right now. Where did you see it? It was at the National. I wore a big puffy dress because yeah. I didn't know what you wore to the theatre. <laughs> Especially for National, you wouldn't know. I had yeah. no idea. All I know, she said, all she said, well, she didn't even tell me where she was taking me. She yeah. said, we're going to the theatre. Okay. Yeah. I wore, my mum dressed me. She goes, this yeah. is what you need to wear, you yeah. know. Patent shoes, whatever. And, um, and I remember being aware, because I've always been aware of kind of race, because mm. as I said, I've always been the only black person here yeah. or there and growing up. And I was aware that I was probably the only black person there at the time. But then I saw David Harewood on stage. I saw a black man. I didn't even know that was possible. It wasn't even my thought process to even think that way. And it just mesmerised me. And not to be an actor, but to be a storyteller. Because I've always written. I've always known that I wanted to tell stories. But these will be in my room, in like my diary. I was one of those kids yeah. that had a diary. Um, <laughs> I grew up reading Judy Bloom books, so everything was diary, diary, diary. And um, and I'd tell stories in my diary. And then at fifteen, I knew it was possible that okay, yeah. this is a job. This is what people yeah. do, you know. And that had such a profound effect mm. on me. Not only does representation matter, so not that obviously David David mm. David Hay was a woman, but the fact that he was black, a yeah. black figure that could have been my uncle, my dad, yeah. my you know. Oh my god! And that just had a massive effect on me. Yeah, that's so like like that's so magical. I think that like I always I'm now questioning because I think so many people of colour have told me there was one moment I saw this person Mm. on stage and that was like that was me and I knew I could do it. But I also wonder like do other people like do the people who see themselves all the time know that like what like it's interesting actually because recently I um, Judith Jacobs who's an actor that started out like an East Ender she was in the Real McCoy so she came to Overhouse we had this amazing black women in theatre event and I said to her. 
as a darker-skinned yeah. woman, I saw her on, on the TV and I was like, yeah. what? Wow. Yeah. You're funny. Yeah. You're smart. You're beautiful. Like, wow, yeah. really? You know, you're not a drug dealer. You know, you're not yeah. anything. That, yeah. Like, wow, you're playing a funny character yeah. like Emile McCoy. She did amazing acting in EastEnders. This mm. is the time when I used to watch EastEnders. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is great acting. I never, I didn't know yeah. that. To me, that's such a, that's, again, profound. That's amazing. That has such a long-lasting effect on me. And even to to this day when I'm still hearing, like at the monobox, you know, I'm talking to the actors there that came, and they they are still saying that to them, even in this day and age, 2018, representation matters. Oh, yeah, yeah. It matters. It's so important, whether that's in a collection of monologues, whether that's on stage, whether that's in a film. It matters. Yeah. You know? It's so true, and I think kids absorb that much like much more than we like the world would like to realize like Definitely. it is it does impact um before we go is mm-hmm. there um what was i ask you is there anything you would like to say about oval house because i think this is like this building is one of my favorite theaters ever you know what um, you know what i love about being here yeah. is that um i've only been here less than a year yeah and i'm i'm, I'm supported you know i yeah. feel so supported the theater industry is my second type of um kind of industry that I used to be um, working TV and I did that for a while and helped set up a charity in Croydon. So I've come into the theatre like in my 30s and um, even though I've always written and stuff but like properly full-time because I've dabbled in here and there and and been a freelancer but properly, properly full-time and this is where I'm at, you know. Overhouse is is so supportive yeah. for like uh, being a staff member mm. as well as to its freelancers and to the productions that come here mm. and we have such a hub here where people just come and use the space free mm. teas and coffees there's an amazing community around here mm. so uh, this is the best place for me to be right now this yeah. is the best place to kind of even kind of cultivate and 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 for me to grow as an mm. artist let alone the kind of things I'm doing in my role as well yeah so I'm all for it you know I'm yeah. I, I love it here me, like me too I think that it's one of the first theatres I used to come to a lot having um, I'm from Sussex so mm-hmm. I, it's not far for me in terms yeah. of like getting in and I just see the variety of shows I've seen yeah. here and also I think it's one of the few theatres where you see someone first some like I saw Ambreen Razia in mm-hmm. Upstairs, yep. and then she came, and then I saw her the other day when I came to see uh, Travis Alabanza's yeah. show, yep, Burgers, uh, Burgers, yeah. which was which moved me so much. And yeah. I see Ambreen there in the hallway, and I'm like, "Oh, you're back!" And like, she's like, "Yeah, my show." It's like it's now a family, bigger. right? And it's it's like, a proper yeah. family. Yeah. What I really just, like yeah. about Oval House is. Um, it really kind of, um, I don't like to use the word term developing because yeah. you're already developed and we don't develop people, you know, no, but the yeah. supported or mentored. I really feel like there's amazing, strong kind of pathways and areas yeah. of support and growth for artists yeah. and their companies, I believe, yeah. where sometimes a lot of, for a lot of people of colour, and yeah. this is why I don't ever use the word emerging, I'll rather say yeah. early career, because okay. for a lot of people of colour, we've been labelled so much and we can't, and we're always going to be developed by, yeah. a lot of the time, white saviours. We're yeah. always yeah. supported. Let me give you another scratch night. Yeah. I don't need another scratch night. Put me on the <laughs> stage, you know. Yeah. And Put here at Overhouse, <laughs> yeah, at Overhouse, we do that though. At Overhouse, yes, you may start off like within yeah. our first Bites programme, but then there's that kind of like support and mentorship yeah. and associateships that we have that will get you from, yeah, that kind of black box room mm. to the main stage. Yeah. And I've seen know? that, like already, like in a short time, you've got Coco Brown, Yolanda, yeah. and then also Roy, who's been here for, like, he's like, I've been here since I was But 13. we haven't made or developed these people. They <laughs> no. already had the skills and talent or, like, already, yeah. you know. They may have been, yeah, a bit 
it's support and mentorship, but you've already got it. And I feel like a lot yeah. of theatres like I made you, I developed you, and it's like yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm not putting that on. No, no, no. We, we, I don't accept that. Like the, these people. Um, have the skills and the gifts to do yeah. what they do and it's how they're kind of yeah supported and I believe yeah. Overhouse are really great at supporting I, I think so as well and I'm so excited to see the new building when it comes 2020 yeah 2020 you know what that will come quickly because I, I five minutes ago it was the start of 2018 yeah. now we're towards the end I know it will I come so quickly right November and I was like oh it God, will come so quickly. Yeah. So, I'm so yeah. excited because I've even walked past when I came here recently. I walked. Um, I was. I live in Brixton, so yeah. I was walking past. I was like, "Where's it going to be?" Okay, yeah. It's not so far yeah, from the house. corner of Cold Harbour uh, yeah. Lane, like, it's not far. Yeah. Got the and then over my house. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, I really hope that we we get it right. You know, I don't yeah, want yeah. us to be just a part of this problem, a shiny new building. You know, yeah. I want us to be really embedded in the community, and that's yeah. why we're doing the work that we're doing now. Is really, yeah. you know, asking the community what do they want. Yeah. It's not about like, look at our shiny building, come no. in. You know, it's like yeah. those conversations will continue to happen yeah. until we're there and mm. beyond. Even when we are there, we'll still yeah. continue to. Talk. I think I think that is something I've seen here a lot, um, and also I think just by the, the shows and the mm. variety of shows that you have, but also seeing Stockwell Good Neighbours here. Yep. I mean that was amazing to Definitely. be a part of, seeing yeah. like just an. And they're coming with us, oh, because so again glad. they're a part of this too. You know, yeah. they're coming with us. We're travelling together to Brixton. Yeah, so mm. that's lovely. Um, just to make sure we can, they can get um, hear me now on Oberon Books website. Yeah, so Oberon Books website, um, Amazon as well, and um, it will be. I think it will be, be there soon at the National Theatre Bookstore. bookstore. Yes, as well. That's the go-to bookstore for yeah, every student. So definitely. I think that's so important. Thank, well, thank you. you so much. Thank you, Amber. This was fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. As usual, please subscribe, rate, leave a comment. You can email me, you can uh, tweet me. So yeah, get in contact with me. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. Um, Just to let you know, Hear Me Now is available on Oberon Books. So go online, go buy it um, and share it. Share this podcast, share about the monologue book because I think it's amazing. And keep an eye out for Oval House and their shows and their first bites because those are always great. So yeah, thank you very much for listening and bye.